Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Awesome. Such a great uh, declaration that God is fighting for us. And this morning, I want to share about the kingdoms that are at work. And I want to just go to Ephesians 6.12 because it says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There's a fight and there's a war that's going on. There's two kingdoms that are opposing, but hey, we're on the winning side, yeah? Amen? We're on the winning side. And this morning, I just want to bring a story to you. And I have a lot of favorite characters in the Bible, but one of them would be Elijah and Elisha. They're my favorite guys. But for Elisha, you know, he's, he's a sort of, he's a real cool, cool guy. And uh, nothing seems to ruffle his feathers very much. And there's the king of Syria wanted to send his armies to ambush Israel. And every time he tried to send an ambush to besiege Israel, it was like Israel never came by and they were never ambushed. And the king's like, how come... Every time I try and send my army to ambush the uh, Israelite army, they already know. Like, what is happening? And this went on several times. Every time the king sent out his army to get Israel's army, they already knew about it. They already knew the plans. And he's going, there must be a traitor in the army. There's got to be a traitor in our camp. Somebody is leaking out to the army of Israel that we're coming. And they said, no, there is no traitor in the camp, but there is a man called Elisha. And Elisha even hears what you whisper in your bedroom, O king. I'm like, what? Now, you think about that. God hears everything that we say. He hears every idle word we say. Even if we think no one's listening, God is listening Imagine how disturbed the king came and went, you what? He hears every word I whisper in my bedroom? We're going to get this guy. We're going after him. They're going after little Elisha. He sends an army to capture this guy. I mean, not just one or two people, an army to capture Elisha. And of course, Elisha's having a good old sleep and his servant's having a good old sleep. And uh, in the night... The armies come and they surround the mountains of the city to come down and attack. It's funny how the enemy comes in the night, doesn't he? He wants to come as a surprise. Hello, I'm here. He just tries to take us off guard when we're unaware. It's one of the reasons we need to stay close to God and stay tapped in and tuned in. And listen to what he's saying to us. Because surprises do come. And they came in the dead of night. And it was a big army. 
that was around the city on the mountains. I could imagine Elisha's servant getting up in the morning and making his coffee and he steps outside the door and goes, what the heck? And drops his coffee and runs flying back in to tell Elisha, there's an army out there and they're coming to get us. And Elijah's like, oh, really? That's no big deal. That's, that's nothing. It's just, you know, it's just an army. You know, he says, look, there's more with us than them. What a statement to make. There's more with us than them. Imagine Elisha's servant going, what's he talking about? He's getting on in age. He's, he's, he's having hallucinations. He's, he's lost his marbles now, you know. <laughs> help God, help, help Elisha. But Elisha did this. He prayed and he said, God, open my servant's eyes that he might see. And sometimes that is what we need. Open our eyes, God, that we might see. Open our eyes that this is not a physical battle. This is a spiritual battle and this is one we can win. We're meant to win. He says, open his eyes that he might see. And the moment Elisha prayed that, it was like his eyes were opened to this spirit realm that he'd never seen. As he looked upon the mountains, there were the chariots and the armies of God surrounding you see, we're surrounded by God. We're surrounded by heavenly forces. Do you believe it? Do you believe you are surrounded? You know, I think about, you know, the whisper in the bedroom, you know, like, my goodness, unbelievable. But, you know, he didn't leave it at that. Elisha, he, he's just such a casual guy, you know, open my servant's eyes that he might see. Yeah, and, and the army's still there, regardless, this army's still there, but God's forces are there as well. And you can imagine the shout went out and the army starts to come down and there'll be a thunder of hooves and men shouting and they're all running towards his city when Elisha steps out and goes, and God, strike them with blindness. Bang! I mean, wow. Strike them with blindness. And you can imagine they're riding their horses down and suddenly they're riding a horse and they're totally blind. You can't see. You're running down the mountain and suddenly you can't see. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're going to drop your spear. You're going to drop your sword. You're not going to know where you are. And the enemy was defeated. And Elisha says to them, I know where to take you for the man that you're looking for. Here they are blind and they're probably, you know, sore and bleeding. And, and he's going, come on, I'm going to take you for the man that you're looking for. He's talking about himself. You're looking for me, but he's going to actually take them somewhere else. And he says that he led these men. They were totally blind. No, it's easy to go and they just walked. No, they were blind. They couldn't see. There's no straight road. They would have walked over hills and valleys and over rocks and stumbled and fell. Imagining going, huh, okay, boys, all hold hands. We can do this together. Come on. I mean, think of it. Visually, 
what it would have looked like. And there they are, all holding hands, you know, making their way on this five miles, about six miles, something like that, stumbling, falling, not knowing where they are. And he led them straight into the city of Samaria, straight into the city where they were captured. And he said this, God, open up their eyes that they may see. And when they opened up their eyes, they were surrounded because they were captured. You know, the enemy was disarmed, totally disarmed. You know, Elisha listened to God. And that day, the army was totally disarmed. I want to take you to a scripture this morning. It says this in Colossians 2, verse 15. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and with all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And, and by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. You see, Jesus has triumphed for us at the cross. He disarmed the enemy. That day, the enemy was disarmed when they were struck blind. And the king's like, what shall we do with them? Can we kill them? Can we kill them, Elisha? But Elisha said, no, let's feed them and let's send them home. You see, it wasn't just Elijah doing this, it was God working. God working on the behalf of his people. You see, the enemy was defeated at the cross because the blood was the final punch. That was the blow that was given to the enemy because he disarmed them. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities of this world. You know, there's an unseen realm at work and often we go, well, I can't see it. That's right, because you can't see it. It's an unseen realm, but nonetheless, it actually exists. If I said to you, can you see gas? You can't see it. Carbon monoxide, it can't be seen and it can kill you. It can't be smelt because it's invisible and many, many people have died from carbon monoxide to the point that gas companies have actually put a, an odor in it so it actually smells like bad eggs because you can't see it, but it can kill you. I remember when I was living in Perth, I went to work one day and I'm not used to gas. Uh, never had a gas stove in my life and Phil was away and I had left my cooker on, the gas. Uh, I don't know how I survived <laughs> from the night before. <laughs> Gone to bed, still survived, got up in the morning, went to work all day and I came home and my whole house was like overcome with gas. And I remember running out and opening every window, every door, everything I could possibly think of to get rid of this gas and decided I better not cook that night because I could blow the whole house up. Because that's what happens. 
you can blow the whole place. Miners, they used to carry canaries into mines. And the canaries would sit there and they'd be like pets. And the reason they took the canary in because if there was a gas leak because you can't see it, or nor could you smell it, but it still existed, the canary would start to feel unwell and was more susceptible to death. So if it looked like it was keeling over, it's time to get out because there's a, a leak that is happening in the mine. Like wind and air, it's in, we know it's invisible, but we know it exists, yeah? We see the effects of the wind, so we know it exists. But if I said to you, can you show me some wind? Give me some wind. You'd be, you'd be really, really hard to show, give me some wind. All right, okay, not that sort of wind. <laughs> we know that one exists too. Okay. Also, we see people, there's, there's companies right now that um, are bottling air to sell overseas. And they're making a lot of money out of it. Now, if I said to them, can I see the air in there? It doesn't make sense. But we know air, even though it's invisible, we know it exists. Why do we know air exists? Because we all would be dead. So we're breathing air all the time. It's invisible and it exists. So does the supernatural realm. It exists. You might not see it, but it exists. And God is working for us. Jesus said this, he talked about it. He said this in John 18.36. It says, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not just this. Because they said to him, don't you just say, Jesus, that you're the king of the Jews. You're, you're, you're the king of, of this world. You're the... And he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting. What does he mean when he says they're fighting? It means because they want to take over. But he says, so that I shall not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here. This is not my kingdom. See, everything belongs to him. But he wasn't after sitting on the throne. He's referring to his own kingdom, the kingdom that is real. If we turn on the TV today, we are surrounded by the news, we hear of everything that is going on in our world today. A lot of it is not good. A lot of it is bad, bad news. But, you know, and also in our own daily lives, there are things that are screaming at us. Screaming at us. You know, like there's just endless stuff that go on. You know, besides networking and multimedia, there's, there's relationships, there's, there's bills, there's ill health. There's so many issues that people are dealing with every day and things that come around us and and Chris touched a little bit on this morning when he was hosting like what comes and surrounds us you know there's all sorts of things there's discouragement you know lies people lying about us people make things up about us uh, gossip people gossiping family problems there's loss and, and grief there's health there's finances relationship what surrounds us? Everybody has something in their life that surrounds them. Maybe you're surrounded by people that are arrogant. Whoa. That's annoying. Religion. Real religious people. You can't seem to get anywhere because they've got such religious ideas. They're never going to budge. 
never going to move. And when God wants to do something uh, personal in your life or give you a fresh revelation, because they're not getting it, to them it doesn't exist. But God wants to bring a fresh revelation to us because he loves us so much. What surrounds you? Maybe hatred surrounds you. You hate. There's a deep-seated hate within your life that you've never dealt with. What surrounds you? Regrets. Unforgiveness. Never been able to forgive yourself and accept the forgiveness that Jesus offers to you. We so much live out of the soul area of our lives, how we are feeling. You know, this morning we sang, we sang this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles, declaring this is how we're going to fight our battles. See, God is working for us whether we can see him or not. He's always there working for us on our behalf. If you're feeling like your faith is under fire, you feel like you're being sabotaged, it's more of a reason to get up. It's more of a reason to get up and to start to praise God. I'm going to give you some keys in a minute of how you can do that, how you can move forward in your life. Because often what we do, we internalize everything. We internalize every thought, every feeling. We internalize and we look inward and how we feel instead of looking upward to God for the answers. Because that's where our answers come from, comes from him. His kingdom is within us. Amen? So what surrounds us? The battleground is the mind. This is the thing that we deal with daily, on a daily, daily basis. We are bombarded with so many messages every day, negative and good. But mostly we believe lies about ourselves because we're fed that sort of stuff. You know what the enemy wants to do? He wants to muscle in. Muscle in in us and submerge us to filling into the depths of despair. You know, we can be up and we can be down. We can be up and we can be down because we live out of this soul area, out of the feel area, where we need to live out of the truth of the word of God. Live out of that truth. Do we believe that we're a child of God? Sometimes we only believe we're a child of God when we're singing the song about I'm a child of God. Yeah? I was driving in Queensland a few weeks ago and I had Sonny sat in, in my back seat who's nearly two and a half, two and a half, and we had that song playing, you know, how's it go? Yes, I am. Yeah. The sun sets free. Yeah. And he would just come in at the end going, Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> I thought, so cute. He's trying to sing, I'm a child of God. I thought, Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You know, and it's easy for children to believe that, but as adults, we don't often. We don't believe so much stuff that God says who we are. You know, if I said to you, Do you believe Christ died for our sins? Someone will go, yeah, I know that. Yeah, but do we know that? Do we know that? That he died for our sins. Do we know that we're made clean by the blood? Do we know that he, he, he won victory for us at the cross? Do we know that? Or we just say things because we heard it. But do we believe it? Do we have truth ringing in our hearts about who we are? 
You know, problems come to set us back, but God wants to bring us forward. He doesn't want us to leave us where we are. He wants to move us forward. You know, sometimes we've just got to allow a warrior spirit to rise up inside of us and start to declare who we are. Sometimes that's not easy. But you know what? The more you do it, the more easier it becomes. So I'm going to give you some keys in a minute how to do that. You know, we can also have this. I don't need to do anything because Jesus did it all. Hmm. I don't need to do a thing because, well, yes, he, he defeated Satan at the cross, so I don't need to do anything. I've met many Christians that walk around really, really miserable and they're like wet lettuces because they said, well, I don't need to do anything. He's done it all, so I'm just going to sit in my religion. That is not how it works. That's not how it works. Jesus defeated Satan at the cross. He smashed him to smithereens. That blood was paid for us. It wiped our sin clean, but you know, we are joined here to Christ. We are sons and daughters of the King. And we need to link arms with him and declare who we are. Because the enemy will always come like a surprise. We need to know who we are. You know, I was thinking of Peter. You know, Peter was in prison. And he was chained between two soldiers. They didn't want him to get away, obviously. He was chained between two soldiers. And there was guards at every post. And the angel turns up. And he strikes Peter. He says, get up. Wake up. Get up. Put on your shoes, put on your clothes. I think he was thinking he was dreaming. And it says that Peter was led past the first guard and then he was led past the second guard. And it says in the prison doors opened and out he went free. You know, Jesus did that for us. He opened the prison doors that we can be free. But you know what? He was being prayed for at that moment. There was a prayer meeting going on for Peter. They were praying for him. Oh, God, would you please release Peter? Would you please keep him safe? Make sure he's not hungry. Look after him. Uh, make sure the guards are nice to him. And, and, and we pray that one day you would release him and bring him back to us. And all the while, the angel's leading Peter through the prison doors into freedom. Because that's what Jesus does for us. He brings us into freedom. And he took him through. And Peter goes, well, I might as well go visit my friends. So he goes down the door and he knocks on the door. And the girl answers the door and goes, huh. And she takes off and she tries to tell them, I think Peter's at the door. They go, no, no, no. He can't be at the door because he's in the prison. He's not there. He's in the prison. And they said, it must be a ghost. It's the spirit of Peter. What I'm saying is this, we don't believe things. We don't believe even when it happens. Because we forget we have a supernatural, powerful God that surrounds us and works on our behalf. And if we don't start to believe that, we become small-minded. And what we think of God gets smaller and smaller and smaller, so we've left nowhere for God to move. 
There's no room because we've done away with this and we've done away with that and God can't do this and God can't do that. Well, he can because we pray that he does and we've had prayer requests this morning that God would move on our behalf, that God would move. And to get breakthrough in some of the areas of our lives, there's some things we need to do. One is this, we need to pray. We need to pray. We can't just hope that things happen. And he says this in Psalm 34, 7, God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. He surrounds us. In another interpretation, it says the Lord's angel encamps around about us. When you pray, the angels are setting up camp. They're setting up camp around us because you're giving them permission now to come around. There's something about praying. There's something about getting a breakthrough. There's something about moving forward. Second thing is this, we need to repent. If we want a breakthrough in our lives, we need to repent. We can't hold on to things. In Psalm 51, verse 22, it says this. It says, have mercy upon me, O God. doesn't matter what you've got about someone else. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Blot out my sin, God. Remove my sin from me. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Psalm 51 Verse 10, this is what David said. He said this, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Get rid of the stenching, filthy spirit that stops us from doing that. It doesn't matter what someone's done. It doesn't really matter because someone's always going to do something to you. If they didn't do something to you this week, they will do something to you next week or the week after that. So we have to get good. We have to get good at forgiving people. We have to get good at repenting about what we have done. Forgiving others. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. We have to Forgive others to move forward. Some might not like like hearing that, but it's the truth. And it's only the truth that sets us free. It's the truth that removes barriers. And it's the truth that causes us to see the way God sees. Else we become locked in that very small thinking, that mentality. You know, it's so much easier to praise God when you set things right. It's hard to praise God if you don't set things right. When you start to set things right, when you start to praise, like we were singing this morning about fighting my battles, you will start to have an overflow of praise come out of your heart by setting things right. Because now you're starting to feel clean on the inside and something says to you on the inside, that mountain that I thought I couldn't conquer, now I can Now I can. Now I can do things because you're a different person. Something starts to happen on the inside of you. Praise is the key for all of us. 
praise is just an overflow, like we're singing this morning. I'm going to fight my battles. And this is thought with him. It's thought with God. He surrounds us. He's surrounding us now. Even as we're sat here, he's surrounding us now. You know, I'm going to finish this morning because I've spent enough. But I just want to encourage you, just be able to tap into that spirit realm because it's real. Let God fight with you. Let him fight with you. Repent, pray, forgive others. Because when you do that, it's when there's a real heart of worship and heart of praise will start to come. It's not, it's, it's, I, I can't explain it because it's, it's in the spirit. But something will happen. Something will lift. And you will feel different. Do you believe that? Because it's supernatural. It comes by the Spirit of God. There's a freedom that comes. And I've seen people where they're so free, they just can't help themselves but dance. Something happens on the inside. Something breaks. And if you want something to break on the inside, you've got to do something to get that. And it means tapping into that spirit realm because it is so real. It is so real that God wants to set us free. Remember, he surrounds you and gives you the victory. Amen? Amen. Let's finish with that. Let's see how I fight my battles. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. You know, this morning, you're here, and you've been listening to what I say, and say, well, maybe you struggled with that, and gone, well, I've never really thought there was anything, or there was no barrier, but today, I can see something different today. I can see that I need to repent. I need to forgive other people. Let's just stand this morning together. Let's stand. Let's just bow our heads before. Let's close our eyes. We're just going to look, look away. If that's you this morning, are you thinking, thinking to yourself, I've never thought like that way before. I thought I was doing okay. I just love to pray for you this morning, not asking for anybody to come out. But maybe you need to forgive people, even forgive yourself, repent, stop holding on to the past, stop holding on to grudges. And you want to be free this morning, you want to be able to move forward. The songs that we sing, you want to mean it with your whole heart. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand where you are. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Yes. Somebody else this morning, God wants to set you free. Come on, there is freedom. Thank you. God wants to set us free. We're going to sing this song, This is How I Fight My Battle. By starting with God forgive me God forgive us this morning forgive us this morning God the times God we've ignored you try to do things in our own strength but God we come to you we say God forgive us forgive us God for when we sinned against you sinned against you God forgive us 
thank you for your blood that cleanses and washes and heals and restores, Father. We just thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you for victory this morning. Thank you for those, God, that have raised their hands, Father. Lord, you just touch them this morning. Touch them afresh, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.